This is Empowered Human Academy. Welcome home. Everything you'll ever need is already inside of you, even on the days when that feels hard to believe. Empowered Human Academy exists to remind you of who you are, to help you stay close to what's possible right here in every breath. I'm Abe. And I'm Isaac. We're both on our own journeys of growth, and what we've learned so far is that empowerment is as unique as you are. Once you've discovered just how expansive you are inherently, the world opens up around you. As we begin to feel better, life begins to feel better, and what it means to be alive comes alive in a whole new way. While your path is uniquely yours, we're in this together. Listening to each other's stories helps us imagine how to access our own power to keep going. We're here to create a life that feels like ours, one that calls us onward and upward because we are living as ourselves, fully and only. These conversations are a part of that exploration, and you're invited. So, with hearts wide open, let's begin. Hello, Empowered Humans, and welcome back. We're truly grateful that you're here and spending some time with us. Y'all, we are super stoked about today's guest. She's someone whose work we've loved for a while now, and it was a treat getting to hear the heartbeat behind a brand that we're quite literally obsessed with. Jing Gao is the founder and CEO of Fly by Jing, a modern Asian food brand that's on a mission to bring diversity to the natural food space. After being featured in the New York Times right as quarantine began last year, Fly by Jing skyrocketed and has been growing at a rapid pace. And it's the kind of growth that feels so grounded that we couldn't help but feel curious about the soul behind the magic. And that's just what this conversation is, an exploration of the relationship between soul and expression. Throughout this conversation, we discuss listening for inner truth and alignment, Jing's journey of reclaiming her birth name, carving out solitary time for deep work, and the role of intuition in making business decisions. We talk Enneagram, human design, spiritual guides, and what it's like to embody a public-facing role as an introvert. There's nothing more magnetic than a human who is truly claiming all of who they are. And Jing is such an inspiring example of someone who's doing that sacred work. We truly love this conversation and hope you'll find some resonance here, too. So, let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Empowered Human Academy. Today we have an honor to be interviewing someone who we've been a fan of for a while now. Her name is Jing, and we're just going to dive right into it. I'm not even going to give you any descriptors because I really want to hear your voice a lot of this conversation. So thank you so much for joining us, Jing. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Us too. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So our first question is one of identity as we understand our own. So if we're thinking about how we are to ourselves, how you are to yourself, not when you're introducing yourself to someone else, not when you're in a a meeting or or trying to strike a certain impression, but when it's just you coming home to yourself, what words of identity feel like they fit? What feels like home in, in your words of identity? I think a calmness, a sense of conviction, safety. Okay. And kind of a quiet confidence, I would say. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me about that. Where, where does that, what's your relationship to um, those things? I think just in the past few years, I've been going a lot more inward and, you know, no longer looking for as many answers from the external. So okay. I think a big part of that is for me personally is just quieting down and really tuning into my body and my mm. emotions and what they're telling me. So in doing that and practicing that, I think I've come to trust my this sort of inner wisdom a lot more. Mm. And so mm. I'm able to lean more into that. Whereas before, I think, you know, I would often be in states of anxiety when I would think that the answers were outside of myself. Mm. Okay, okay. I'm always curious how people relate to like the feeling of like, like like their bodily sense of what's what's aligned or what's right or what's or, or what direction to go in and we all like we all inhabit different bodies right so how did you how did you learn that this is a sense that you had what does it mean to pay attention to it all mm. of that yeah i think i'm just you know i i'm very much like always seeking to learn more about different modalities that will allow me to learn more about myself and those around okay. me and so yeah I, yeah, just, you know, have had teachers in the past who Mm -hmm. have taught me to sort of just 
pay attention to, you know, little things like body sensations when, you know, I think oftentimes we're so distracted with everything that's going on that the subtleties in what our bodies are trying to tell us go missed. And so, yeah, I think, you know, through quieting down your mind and removing some of the external distractions, you can start to notice little things and, and just also paying attention to emotions and how they take form in your body. I think I used to, you know, downplay the importance of, of emotions for myself and just, you know, mm. oh, like I'm, I'm much more rational than I am, you know, mm. emotional. And yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need to pay attention to it. I can just like make, you know, rational decisions and, and go, you know, and, you know, go on with my life. But actually mm-hmm. what I realized was I'm personally, I'm very guided by my emotions. And mm-hmm. so I need to like really listen to it before making any large decisions. And and then your emotions, you know, just kind of the practice of like noticing mm-hmm. how the emotions show up in your body, whether it's like, you know, around your throat, you're feeling kind of constricted mm-hmm. or in your mm-hmm. stomach or, you know, it's, yeah, I'm constantly learning and just, yeah, learning more as I pay more attention to how it shows up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The the words that you listed <clears throat> at the beginning, the calmness and the, and the conviction, safety, quiet confidence, all those things... I have a notebook. I wrote them down. All of all of those things that you listed off, how did your access to those shift or how is it shifting as you move like working by rational thought to working by emotion? If I can kind of poorly paraphrase that transition, like do you, do you feel, yeah, how, how does your access to all of those things feel different over time as you learn more about your mm-hmm. emotional body, if I can put it that way? Yeah, like I think, you know, growing up, I moved around a lot. I was like always in a different environment. I think, you know, this ties into how I didn't really feel myself for most of my life, right? I went by even a different name growing up to make my life easier as a kid, as the only Asian kid, you know, oftentimes in Europe and that sort of constant code switching and like, Mm. you know, disconnectedness from Mm who I was because I was constantly trying to fit into what I thought others expected me to be that kind of then later in life took the form, you know, I just naturally flowed into like, you know, as I started my career, I was kind of, I'd always felt like I was doing roles that I was not quite qualified for, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that imposter syndrome was a continuation of like the not feeling like I fit in. Right. I mean, I, you know, did well in my career, but It did feel like a lot of the times that I was often unsure of myself, second guessing myself, right? And Mm -hmm. then again, that's kind of a reflection of me looking outward for validation. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, you know, and in that sort of state of being, it's hard to it's hard to quiet yourself down. It's hard to listen to yourself. It's hard to trust in your intuition and in Mm -hmm. your gut. And it was only, you know, much later when I started to come back to self a lot more that yeah. I was able to, yeah, just have the the inner like the inner confidence sort of came out, and I was able to lean into it more. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. amazing. And I the what what I'm sensing from you, like, and and both explicitly hearing from you is kind of a groundedness, like a, a surety. Like it mm-hmm. sounds, if, I, if I'm hearing this right and reading between the lines right, it sounds like there are things increasingly that you are sure of. And, mm. and we've got a question about that much later on in this in this episode to wrap up, but did it become important to you at some point to start becoming sure? Or was that kind of a side effect of the process? Or was that a target? Like the, the certainty piece, like the groundedness, like so many people are looking for that. Did mm-hmm. it just occur to you that you were starting to gain access to that? Or was that something that you felt that you were lacking and that you then needed to move towards? Mm. Yeah, it was a sense of something lacking. It was a sense okay. of some kind of like, yeah, I think it was like fear, right? Fear okay. and anxiety around not knowing around, you know, I think I think it probably started to really take form over the last year, um, especially mm, okay. as my you know so last april i during covid like after a quarantine started i had this very kind of life changing like groundbreaking moment when i realized that i realized for the first time how much i've been living like not aligned 
you know, okay. with my truth. Yeah. And, and that was just from, you know, being at home, not seeing anybody mm-hmm. realizing after a month of that, that I hadn't felt so free for mm. uh, ever, you know, mm. because I was so used to constantly putting out a kind of facade that, yeah. you know, I felt like others expected of me and yeah. almost like, and, you know, and by the nature of my work, we make Chinese food had faced resistance to what mm. I was doing for, for a very long time and felt like I was constantly having to justify my existence. Mm. So that was a very liberating feeling a month into quarantine to feel like, you know, this new, this new sensation of not having to justify my experience my existence mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to just be and to be more than okay with just being. And so that kind of aha moment brought me back to my birth name, Jing, which I had, mm-hmm. you know, cast aside when I was like five years old. Oh, wow. And I decided that it just became crystal clear to me that I needed to go by Jing in mm-hmm. order to start aligning with my truth again. Cause I felt like there was something out of alignment with who I was and what I was putting out. But I knew that that was just like the first step. Like there, you can't just erase a lifetime of like not being connected to yourself by changing your name in one day. And so that was kind of a moment that was the beginning of, of like the next steps that I was going to take. And that coincided with, you know, my business really taking off in a really huge way as well. And it almost seems like, perfectly aligned when when you find when you step into your power other things have a way of naturally falling into place and the business really just like you know grew tenfold um after after that and i found myself in a position where you know just a year ago i was the only employee in my business and now we are almost 10 people so this is all in just one year that's amazing and Thank you. And so, you know, that this journey has been crazy, tumultuous, many highs, obviously with a lot of lows as well. But like, you know, I found myself in more and more of a position where like, I really needed to trust in my intuition. I really needed to lean into some, you know, I think I have a lot of friends who, you know, have like uh, relationships with their spiritual guides. And Mm -hmm. At the time, I was like, I don't know who my spiritual guides are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I'm connected enough or tapped in enough. You know, I have a meditation practice, but it's not, you know, especially as I've been build- building this business, I haven't been super, you know, dedicated to it. And so I felt like I was missing this sort of connection and I wanted to tune in more. And so, yeah. And so that was kind of the process of me, like really seeking answers and like trying to Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out and you know during that process I actually learned to tap into to the voice in myself and that you know I realized was my guide who was around all along (laughs) yeah I love that what did that sense of freedom or that state of freedom feel like after living so long kind of repressed in in a lot in a lot of ways Hmm. Yeah, it really did feel like, you know, a release, like, you know, it was like mm-hmm. kind of a tightness before a constant like, yeah, like I felt like there was misalignment with my ability to communicate who I was and, mm-hmm. and communication, I think is a, is a really big part of like what I'm here to do. And I wasn't mm-hmm. able to fully, fully do that. And, and that came from you know, almost like policing myself because I was like, I would always second guess what I was about to say or about to express. So yeah, I felt like, you know, there was a contraction that was released and, and, and just more of freeness and openness. And when I did that, it felt like people responded much more and, and it resonated. My words resonated a lot more with people. Because then in November, when we, when we launched a rebrand, I actually told my story of like finding self through my birth name. And, you know, it was a very, very specific, very specific, you know, personal story that I was reluctant to share, you know, because of how vulnerable that made me, but I did. And 
you know, the amount of support and also just messages from people who said that it resonated with them and they weren't Asian, they weren't Chinese, they had, you know, never even experienced anything like that, but they had, they felt what that, you know, what the feeling of seeking belonging and they they know what that feels like, right? And so Mm -hmm. I felt like when I was in my truth, it opened up a portal for so many more people to connect to to me and to that. Mm-hmm. I love that language for it. A portal for portal, to yeah, all that. For sure. I'm curious about that which felt vulnerable and how it feels mm-hmm. now. Like not that any of us are done with our journeys, right? But having, I mean, just taking, for example, that story about like sharing the story of your relationship to your own birth name. On the other side of having shared that, how does it feel now? Like you came from a place of like, this feels vulnerable, maybe risky. I'm putting, I don't want to put words in your mouth here. How does it feel now? Having shared it, having gotten a community response, what's your relationship to that story now? I feel like it's just a part of me now. You know, it's not, I feel like the change is like a shift in attitude. I definitely, you know, I think whereas before it was really kind of on the defensive because I felt like I was constantly defending something, defending my right to exist, defending, you know, defending this like person that I thought I was or was putting out, you know, the facade that I was putting out when I didn't actually know who I was inside. And so when that shifted, it was like almost like, like it was just like the the air came back into the room or something. Like it was just like, <sighs> I all of a sudden could stand my ground and there was, that was just it. Like I was just mm. able to be right. And mm. so it was kind of like, you know, we're here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and this is who I am. And mm. this is what I have to say. And so, you know, you saw that I think in, my company as well. Whereas we used to, you know, we still, we, because of what we do, we get a lot of, you know, racist comments sometimes Mm -hmm. like people, you know, and and instead of, you know, being on the defensive and like kind of over explaining Mm -hmm. ourselves, now we're just like, we kind of hold up a mirror and we're like, well, why do, why do you believe the things that you believe? And like Mm -hmm. examine that. And we do it in a playful way because, at the end of the day, that's the only thing you can be is just take it lightheartedly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and hopefully along the way, you do change some minds along the way. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's no longer our MO to, mm-hmm. you know, change everybody's minds. It's just like, you can believe what you believe. We, mm-hmm. but we're here to stay. And this is what we have to say mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah. I love that embodiment and groundedness in that like, hey, this is who we are. Take it or leave it. We'll educate you or like we'll just share more of who we are. But I'm not changing because you don't identify or don't like what I'm doing, which is comes from a yeah. sense of confidence. You mentioned a bit after, you know, last April where you changed your name or started going by your original name. You said it wasn't like an initial, cl- it didn't like automatically change overnight. I'm curious what that kind of ramp up to a state of confidence that you are at now. Like, what did it look like? maybe some specific examples for people who might be going through the same thing in, in their own life. What did that look like for you in terms of like gaining that confidence? Was it like looking in the mirror every day and, and saying it out loud or, or introducing yourself to new people, you know, by your name or what did that, what did that embodiment process look like for you? Mm, that's a good question. I think it's such a personal thing for everybody and it's probably mm-hmm. different for everyone. I think I, was actively like paying attention to that voice in my head that like kind of in the past, like would really care about what people Mm -hmm. thought of me or, and I was just paying attention to that and trying to release that, that, Mm -hmm. that lens of judgment, right. That I might have towards others, but also it for me, it's like the other way around too. I like project Mm -hmm. that they're judging me. And so Mm -hmm. that I had to release and, and it, you know, just, just paying attention to it, releasing it. And, you know, and then even if people called me, you know, Jenny, my closest friends that call me Jenny, cause they just don't remember, like, I just let it go. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. totally, you know, and so, but yeah, I think, you know, it was, it was instantaneously, there was, it, I felt different, you know, like you, mm-hmm. I think there's so much in a name, like there's so much that 
of so much of identity that's tied to a name. So when you say goodbye to a name you use for like 25 plus mm-hmm. years, it's pretty major. And, you know, I think it's also just like embodying the new person that you are. And like, sometimes I do stop and think like, like what would Jing do here? You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I think Jenny would have done this, but what would Jing yeah. do here? And, you know, Jing is somebody who is sure of her place in the world and, you know, is, does not answer to others, but is like, you know, cares for others, but, you know, cares for herself. And so, you know, I make decisions guided by that, I think. Um, And so that's, that's definitely been, I think, a, a key and then it just takes time. I think it's also practice. Like one of the things I mentioned that I felt like I struggled with all my life is kind of aligning, you know, my throat chakra to be able to feel like, you know, mm. I was aligning my truth. And mm. I started just by practicing, you know, writing more. You know, I think expression is something that I think you know, like I mentioned, I think I'm here to do and I'm doing it through different ways, through uh, my business, through, you know, my interpersonal relationships. And for the longest time I've held back on that Mm. front. Right. And I recognize the value I could bring to people if I was more open and the value I bring to myself Mm. just by, by, you know, creating those connections. And so practice. Mm. And for me, you know, I was always super introverted and, you know, I'm a pretty, you know, insular person as in I can, I can do a lot by myself, but just the practice of like opening up and which, yeah, that, that took time. I think, you know, it's mm-hmm. taken me a full year to, and I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the practice and I love like what you were talking about, about you were, you became aware of the thoughts as you know, you were intentionally moving with this new identity or yeah, this new identity. And the, the word awareness comes to my mind because if we're not aware of even these intrusive thoughts or thoughts of progress mm-hmm. that we want to make, like, I think it's really important for people to kind of be aware of their own lack of awareness or intention mm-hmm. to get better at their own awareness. So I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about the, like the, the, not the side play, but like this is happening in, in your, your personal relationship with yourself, your sense of identity. And meanwhile, your business is expanding tenfold. Congratulations, by the way. That's super cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all of our, a lot of our friends have bought it. Bought oh yeah. Jinx, definitely <laughs> pass it along. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm curious about how how that how that felt and how the well oh here let me let me explain by slight projection. I know for me when something like new and big starts happening, it can be tempting to mm. regress to old patterns of like coping with everything. Mm. So I'm I'm curious given that you're like as you yourself are opening up and claiming yourself, if I can put it that way, how did you interface with the you know, explosive growth that your business has seen simultaneously. How did you show up in that situation? That's a really good question. I actually did do exactly that. I did regress. <laughs> mm. And I kind of retreated into myself for a little bit because mm. there was a month in particular in April that it was particularly bad. I mean, okay. great, but bad because great mm. because we were featured in the New York Times and that was the article that, you know, really sold us out of months of inventory overnight. Bad because of the ensuing kind of scramble that, you know, had to do to to get Mm -hmm. products into the US, which lasted several months. So there was a time like, you know, so it it all happened in the same month. And it was it was difficult. It was really difficult. And it was very scary. Because at the time, as I said, I was I was still the only full-time employee. And, you know, all of a sudden we had like, you know, something like 30,000 orders, like literally overnight (laughs) and, and no product. And so, you know, and all the global logistics that, you know, shut down and, um, and quarantine happened. It was just really scary. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was definitely a part of me that kind of wanted to crawl back into a hole and, you know, not ask for help. And just my way of coping usually is just like, you know, closing 
myself, you know, to the world and then just mm-hmm. figuring it out myself. And so I definitely did retreat for, for a couple months there. And, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't doing my daily meditation practices and mm-hmm. things that were allowing me to like tune more into my body. So yeah, it was, it was a difficult time. And it felt like a really, it felt like a super condensed period of contraction. Whereas like I have been feeling contracted all my life, but like that was, you know, 30 plus years. Yeah, yeah. This was like contraction in like several months and it just felt like super suffocating. And Mm. I knew that, and, and it was like, I had more questions than I had answers and I was kind of desperate for answers, but I felt like I had no choice but to be in it and just like power through and get yeah. us to the other side, which, okay. you know, in, in August of 2020, so four months after it had happened, actually, yeah, yeah, like three, three and a half to four months, finally kind of the, the storm calmed a little bit. And I also brought on, you know, four employees in August. So that was like kind of a, a moment where I was, I felt I was finally able to breathe again. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, for me, my personal journey, this, this ties a lot into my ability to ask for help because I personally just have never felt comfortable doing that in the past. Yeah. I, the way I was raised, the way I grew up, I was very independent and I mm-hmm. viewed it as like a virtue for a really long time. I was like, Oh, I can, I can do anything by myself. I don't need any help. And then I realized that it was actually a coping mechanism for trauma, (laughs) for, for the trauma of like, not maybe a a feeling like I was on my own for so long, you know, and that one of the lessons that I was here to learn is that you need others (laughs) and, and, and just letting, letting people into, to support and help because you can do so much more that way. Yeah. So in August, things started to shift and I was able to have more time and space to, Mm -hmm. to dig in a bit more, but yeah. And then, you know, the, the journey I would say, so when I made the decision, it was in April and then Mm -hmm. immediately thereafter, I like went back into like a a hole because I was just scared and then it didn't take, it took until, you know, almost, almost like four or five months later until I was able to start like crawling out of that hole and, and start working on myself again. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, okay. So what do you know now that you didn't know after you had made the decision to like claim your name after your business started, started to go up? Like, cause these are both positive states it sounds like 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 here you're at a place where you know you're sure of more things you've passed through more then you were you had made the decision to you know claim your name and to and to live you know as yourself in that way what's something you know now that you didn't know then mm-hmm. i think i just know that everything will be okay mm-hmm. so that's something uh, or i know that i can trust myself and what I think is the right thing to do. So yeah, at the time, because I didn't know that I would make decisions out of a fear, out of, out of like the sense of lack, you know, Mm -hmm. just that, you know, because there's limited resources. So we have to deploy our resources in this way because there's not enough to go around, I have to save and and do this. And and Mm -hmm. it prevented me from thinking big because Mm -hmm. the um, option wasn't even there. It didn't seem like it was even there. And I think, you know, that just that eventual way that I was able to adopt trust in the process, because like when I looked back, I realized every step of the way was perfect leading up to where I am now. Right. Mm. And so it's, you know, you can look back and and see that, but it's often hard to see that when you're in that moment. Right. Totally. So just trusting the process Mm -hmm. made such a difference. Yeah. Mm. Again, I'm going, I love kind of transitional questions because I feel like if you look back at last year, it's like April, five months of like in your thing. And then you you were in a new place in April. I mean, in August. And I'm curious, like, again, what was that? What was the catalyst for you to kind of crawl back out into the world, essentially outside of yourself in a state that was, you know, you, you mentioned 
hiring four more people. What was the catalyst to change to get you into a place where you were ready for that? Yeah, so I think the the hiring of people was was key. Also, like at that time, I remember I went on a trip to Sedona. And I've never been to Sedona and I, you know, knew that it was kind of a spiritual place. Mm-hmm. And I was at the time really actively like seeking who are my spiritual guides, right? Okay, like who cool. how do I tap into that? Yeah. And there were some insights that I got when I was there, just through people I had met and, and people I was with. Like, I received some insights were, that were around kind of slowing down. Because I think at the time also, there was like a, a decision that I was kind of feeling pressured to make. A decision that would have changed the course of the company at the time. Yeah. And it was like, I was being aggressively pressured to, to make mm. this decision. And it was just coming from outside of the company. And I felt really like a frenetic energy. And I Mm. was like, really unsure what to do. I was feeling a lot of anxiety. And yeah, one of the things that one of the messages that I received was like, take a break, which at the time I felt like was was impossible to do. But it was like, take a break, slow down, and just trust. And And don't make any decisions in in a rash way. And this was another kind of just recognizing that I have this like, I have like a emotional authority, which, you know, makes me have to really lean into my emotions before making major decisions um, Mm -hmm. and realizing that that the the emotions were taking form in these like feelings of, you know, pain fear and anxiety mm-hmm. that I should pay attention to that. And so yeah, yeah. I decided not to act on that, you know, and it was like the best decision, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think just, it was just like the stopping and allowing myself to really um, take the time to breathe. And, and also, mm-hmm. and so doing just like trust that my team mm-hmm. had my back and not be like just worried about everything. Um, yeah. That that was definitely a key. Yeah. Cool. Hey everyone, if you've been resonating with the themes and energy in these conversations, then we'd love for you to join us for Lightword Together, a group coaching experience designed for humans wanting to take a deep dive into becoming uniquely themselves. Lightword Together is a bi-monthly group coaching experience that gathers on the fifteenth and last day of every month. During these 75-minute video sessions, we discuss the building blocks of an empowered life and support each other along the way. For $75 per month, you'll gain access to these group sessions as well as our community Slack channel, video library of past sessions, and in-depth content summaries. We're currently opening up two spots per session completely free of charge so you can get a feel for the magic in real time. No commitment required. We want to give you a chance to feel it out and see if it resonates with you first. To reserve your spot or for more info, find us on Instagram at Abe Lopez or head over to lightword.com slash together. Now, back to the conversation. One introvert to another, and I don't say that to color what happens next, but I'm, I'm curious about your current understanding of a relationship to aloneness versus not aloneness. Like the idea that, well, actually, no, I don't even want to add more words to it. Like what's your current relationship to like <clears throat> solitude and aloneness and it's just me versus we are in community, I have a team, all of that. Like what's your relationship to that duality? Mm. You know, I, I've always been this way. Like I've always had more, you know, kind of fewer closer friends than mm. a lot of, you know, what's the word? acquaintances. So I, I feel like I've always been that, that way, but I think now it's really just more doubling down on deeper connections and just like knowing myself. Like I I just know that, for example, when it comes to deep work, I need to be by myself and I need Mm -hmm. to, I need to like for, for things that I have to, that only I can do. So that's the other thing I've learned is like distinguishing mm. between what only I can do and what others should do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I guess I'm talking from a work standpoint right now. And so for deep work, you know, the things that only I can do, I need 
quiet. I need mm. to be in a room by myself. I'm not a type of person that can go work in a cafe and mm. have all mm. the distractions around me. Yeah. I literally cannot think when that happens. <laughs> so that, you know, but but the importance, you know, when when having others, trusting others in the organization to to all be working towards the same goal, it's like there's a lot of collaboration that happens. There's a lot of, mm. you know, checking in. And I think that like I really, really value that, that, um, that collaboration mm-hmm. and, you know, work aside, it's really just about, you know, deeper connections ask, which, you know, I think deep connections and the quality of your relationships depend a lot on the questions that you ask. Not to say that we're always, my friends and I are always discussing like existential, like philosophical okay. questions, but you know, there's there's a a different way you can ask questions sometimes to get at the heart of something versus mm-hmm. staying at the surface level that we tend to. Yeah, I love that. Ab- absolutely true. This is why we have this podcast because we like to Perfect. dive deeper. <laughs> I, I, I want to expand that question even. Is expanding the question further? Maybe this might be an expansion. It might not be. Earlier, you talked about internal versus external. Guidance, validation, permission, all of these things, given what I'm hearing as your your increasing reliance and certainty and surety and and safety in internal guidance and knowingness, what role does the external have in your life right now? Hmm. You know, I think we you know, I, I think that I look at the external world as community. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's no longer the outside world versus me, but more, how can I be a better, you know, member of this community that I'm a part of and how can I Mm -hmm. contribute to it? Mm -hmm. Right. And whether it's like my team and, you know, I I think one of the best parts of the fly budging team is just the the culture that we all share and like the Mm -hmm. values we all share. And it's been a really special experience building this team. What I realized like in hindsight, also after I had hired all these people was that I had hired them based on intuition. But when we did like these personality assessment tests and everything, a lot of people shared common traits and Mm -hmm. they are all around helping I don't know if you're, you know, familiar with Enneagram. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. So so every single person on my team has like helper in their top three numbers. And a lot of them have loyalists. A lot of them, you know, have enthusiasts. So mm, these are all things cool. you want from people on your team, right? Cool. And I didn't realize they had any of those traits. I mean, until after we did our tests and and yeah. um, but when I hired them, it was all based on intuition. So, yeah, so I guess, you know, being a part of this greater team that we have and how do I show up for them and, you know, how do we show up for each other? How do we show up as a company to the the world outside? Actually, this yesterday, we, for AAPI month, we actually launched a collaboration with an Asian artist who designed this beautiful tote bag and part of the proceeds are going towards FIGS, which is an organization in New York that is working to combat like food insecurity okay. and on the totes and, you know, and kind of our message for the month of May is really take care, mm. is, you know, take care of yourself, take care of, mm. <laughs> of each other, take care yeah. of them. They take care of us. So it's, mm. it's really about taking care. Mm. And I feel like what you were talking about earlier, starting from the inside, then like starting from the inside, making decisions and then, you know, going about your day business, whatever. I think what you were talking about in terms of community, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is just an assumption, but based on your evolution and growth this past year, your position in that community is different because you're not being dictated by it, you're contributing would you would you say mm. that's something similar? Like that's just what I'm getting because I feel like you're the leader now and you're you're contributing and you're taking care and you're leading versus before you were dictated primarily first by external forces. Is mm. that right or no? Yes, for sure, exactly. So whereas before we, it it was yeah because I think like 
you know, there are people and there are, okay. So I, I talk about this brand of mine a lot because it is so mm-hmm. much a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. It's a very personal story that I've had. And it's a very personal brand because it follows my story. And so, so they're just like brands can be different. Like people, you know, obviously I have different approaches to things. And I think, you know, I, I would consider myself and the company a, a very, like very mission driven, right? Like mm-hmm. we are here to do something. And mm-hmm. I created this company in order to create more space for diversity to exist mm-hmm. in, in natural foods in this industry, but really broader as a culture, right? Mm-hmm. Because the food industry, just like all the other industries, are just a reflection of the culture. And in 2018, mm. when I when I came to the U.S., I didn't see any modern Asian food brands. So I did that for that purpose. So we're we're here for that mission. But I think that there are many others, and you know, people and brands who are who are in this same arena, you know, working on the same mission, but do it in many different ways. Mm. So there are some that are a lot more vocal than me, you know, a lot of people who, when an event happens are like first to comment, to, to, Mm -hmm. you know, give, provide their thoughts, which are, you know, very valuable. I personally, my, my way of, you know, I I take more time to process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in the same way, the brand, you know, we are fighting a lot of, you know, prejudices and and a lot Mm -hmm. of like, kind of ways that people want to put us into buckets, want to mm. categorize us in a certain way, like, mm. oh, you're you're Chinese sauce, so you must be cheap, or you're Chinese mm. sauce, so you must be low quality, or mm. like I've had a Chinese sauce once and this is not what that was. And so mm. therefore yeah. this yeah. is not a Chinese sauce. So like there's a lot of this type of stuff that goes on. So a lot of our work is actually in education, right? It's like, actually, there's thousands of different kinds of Chinese sauces, and we're just one of them, right? And this is what makes mm-hmm. us who we are. So this is yeah. why it's not traditional, but personal. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's a lot of ways that we're, we do that. And sometimes it's through like subversive, like brand campaigns, like through imagery, through commentary, but mm-hmm. none of it is really in your face. It's not yeah, preachy. Yeah. It's not really like lectury. It's not like we're giving you a slideshow of like, this is why, you know, MSG is racist or, or like the, the anti-MSG thing is racist. Or, you know, like th- there's just different ways to do things. And I think that for us, it's really just been like to your point, you know, our previous approach would have probably been like, you know, a lot more spelling things out like this you know, or, or counter attacking criticism. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Now it's kind of like, actually, we're just, we're just trying to contribute, like we're trying to contribute like a new way, a new perspective or, mm-hmm. you know, what we're contributing is really like bridging cultures, hopefully, but doing so in a way that, you know, oftentimes like people don't want medicine, right. But mm. you got to sugarcoat that medicine sometimes. Mm it to go down and do it yeah yeah, just doing so in a way that's like light as well and you know doesn't take ourselves too seriously because because nothing's that serious (laughs) totally totally i feel like that i feel like that belies or um i feel feel like all of that reflects what you've been telling us about Mm -hmm. the like internal surety i'll use that word again if you know who you are it's less uh, you don't. You don't have I to don't convince. Want to mouth here, but like, you, you don't, don't have to convince totally. as much because you know. You, totally. So much. Yeah. yeah. I have a question about your business. You know, it skyrocketed in the last year. Which congratulations again. And for those of you who are listening, stop right now. Pause this podcast. Go online. <laughs> okay, seriously though. Find it. This is not sponsored. It's just truly. We literally have it all the time on our burritos. I have purchased um, everything from your catalog. Everything is perfect. So as a leader <laughs> who is like emerging in this like really confident space that you're in right now, what are you excited about in terms of your company, in terms of like the culture of your business and where it's going to go and where do you want it to go? I know that's more of like kind of surface levelly, but also not because you are showing up as a leader who's more empowered to be yourself and it's connected, right? So what are you kind of looking forward to? What are you hopeful about all that jazz? Yeah. So one of the most rewarding parts of this journey has been, 
you know, looking back and seeing how much the natural foods industry has changed in just the two years since we launched. Mm-hmm. In 2018, you know, there was like maybe three Asian food brands in the space. Now there's so many more. And what's been really great is that, you know, we've helped to create that space for more of them to exist. And, you know, the more we can normalize diversity in these you know multicultural groups so we're not just a monolith there there, there's Mm -hmm. space for more than one chinese sauce company to exist then the more you know we all win because we all have more access to more delicious things right Mm -hmm. so that's a big part of what we're doing and it guides us every day and one of the things that you know is our is our company's goal is to become a household name to become the the first like modern Asian food company that is a household name. The only one really that you can think of is Sriracha. That's, and yeah, that's, that's, that's the only one I was you know, about. And they came first and they were, you know, tremendous at what they've been able to achieve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we want to get there sooner than 20 years, you know, 20, 30 yeah. years. We want to get there quickly. You know, the way that we have been able to grow in the past couple of years has really and, and and you know just this like kind of personal conviction that I feel I'm very confident that we'll we'll be able to get there and that's whether it's through being more available to where people are having the ease of you know having these sauces to you know the the product mix like you know making it even easier for people to enjoy these sauces so whether it's mm-hmm. like through food products or you know mm-hmm kind of meals and whatever else that we might do to, to just, you know, make it easier for people to enjoy these flavors. And that's kind of the cornerstone of our brand is that we never, and and, and I think it's why um, our audience and our customers are such a broad and very kind of broad, you know, cross-section of the U S demographic. We don't over index in any group because Mm -hmm. Since we launched, we've just been all about how do you, how do, like, we want you to incorporate these products into your life as it is. We don't want you to change or, you know, feel like you have to make Sichuan dinner and have to use this product, some mapa tofu, only use it on Chinese takeout. No, like, put it on your avocado toast, put it on your sweet green salad. Put it on your ice cream. That's so funny. We put it on our sweet green salad every day and also our (laughs) breakfast burritos that we eat probably four times a week. It's great. Yes, yes. So exactly. So we've we've been encouraging in that sense, like with our marketing since the very beginning. And I think that that's that's just our philosophy. It's like, Mm. you know, you've got to break down the barriers that exist Mm. that prevent people from, from that, that make people, you know, fear or you know whether it's a food a culture or it's people right so like how do you kind of break those barriers down yeah totally Uh, so cool so powerful i feel so compelled by this awesome i'm excited i'm so excited (laughs) to see what where where all this goes we have to wrap up in a few minutes here but we have a couple questions but before we do a couple of times you've you've kind of alluded to the thing that you are here to do what Hmm. are you here to do well, I'm still figuring, know? yeah, I'm still figuring it out. I think that, well, I think I know from a combination of like listening to myself and listening to, and also my human design. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. yes. know about, mm-hmm. yeah, human. Yeah. So my human design chart, and then also just various kind of teachers I've had. So in, in human design, I'm a manifester. And so a lot of what I'm here, are you as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, Nice. And so I think I have a lot of insight just gathered through mm-hmm. this life and past lives, maybe yeah, that yeah, I'm, totally. I'm kind of, you know, putting into visions that then, you know, for, for the people around me or my team to, yeah. you know, to, to kind of help to guide us all. And I think a big part of that is being able to express what that vision is. So communication in all its forms. I'm doing a lot more writing these days, actually working on a cookbook. Yeah. So nice. I love it. Yeah. So just like, you know, exploring that a bit more. Cause I mm-hmm. think I haven't been tuned in or aligned in that way uh, for yeah. most of my life. So it really just feels like I'm being reborn and figuring it all out uh, now. 
What a awesome. what a beautiful space to be in this this state of re being reborn because like I can't imagine what's going to happen in your life and also in your business in this state because it's so much more powerful when we allow ourselves to identify and embody our true self, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about and I'm I'm really excited. So we we end off each podcast with two questions and the first of those two questions are is what does an empowered jing look like and feel like? Hmm. I think an empowered Jing looks and feels like at peace and full of love. Mm. Love it. And the final <laughs> question is, what do you know for sure? Hmm. That everything is just as it should be. Mm. Awesome. Jing, thank you so much for your time. I've Thank you guys. You're incredibly cool, <laughs> and what you're what you're doing and the and the journey that you're on is is singularly yours. And also, I know that a lot of people are going to hear this and and feel feel resonance and feel connection. Mm-hmm. So thank you for mm. thank you for sharing of yourself mm-hmm. um, over the last hour. I really value and appreciate your time. And for those of you who are listening, go check out Jing's Instagram, Fly by Jing, and look at the New York Times article. I mean, there's just so much out there about the amazing work that Jing and her team are doing. So yeah, real um, lessons. Real, real powerful. Let's be on the cover of Vogue together one day, okay? All three of us. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. All the um, <laughs> Yes, I love it. Jing, thank you so much for your time. And we can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Y'all, the whole point of everything is to open up ourselves in all the fullness we're made for, and then to create, create, create with everything that is real and true and bright. That's the work of a life. That's what we're working on. And you're here because you feel that for yourself, too. And we believe in you completely. And hey, if you want to take a deeper dive, then head over to Apple Podcasts and sign up for a subscription, giving you access to exclusive bonus content. We've recorded a companion episode where we digest the themes of this week's conversation and swap art recommendations, sharing what's giving us life at the moment. It's a lot of fun. And also, head over to EmpoweredHumanAcademy.com for a free downloadable with a table question, journal prompt, and action step to bring the energy of today's episode home to your own life. Thank you for being here, for choosing to spend some time with us. Now, get out there and do something that feels exactly like you, and we'll do the same. And for us, that includes bringing you the next conversation. Until then, stay close to your heart, to your breath, to your power, and have an awesome, awesome day.